0: Once again, it's Thursday night, and don't despair. God has a destiny for you, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. If you've been trying to figure out what you're doing on this earth, you're going to want to stick around and hear from our friend Alex Bonilla, who's going to share with us how we can find out what God's destiny is for us. And here we are. And there is my friend Alex from Charleston, South Carolina. Alex, how are you this evening?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Glenn. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor.
0: It is a privilege to have you on with us this evening. And our comment lines are open for those who have questions for Alex and want to join the conversation or just say hello. And if it's your first time watching or you haven't done so yet, you need to do it right now. You need to hit that bell and subscribe and get notified when we go live and if you're watching on youtube live this evening uh the super chat is open and if you'd like to sew a little green stuff into the raven's heart live stream and litho's cry you can do so so we can keep these wonderful lights on and it's such a privilege to have alex on with us this evening because alex is actually one of my mentors and uh, one of my pastors so it's always a privilege to have a man of god on with us and i can see those numbers going up that are viewing welcome to the live stream alex Tonight, we're going to talk about destiny, uh, something, you know, when I first started sitting under the teaching of the, uh, of the ch- at the church at North Palm, it kind of sounded weird to me because that was something that was not familiar in, in my walk with the Lord because I came out of a very strict, fundamentalist, Baptist tradition. And anytime you talked about destiny, it was like, well, that's New Age stuff. What is destiny, though, in a biblical sense?
1: You know, when when we talk about destiny i i a verse that I love God says before I form you, I knew you before I place you in the womb of your mother I knew you I predestined you and 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 to me that sounds like a dream something that we that is not materialized yet, but uh we have a purpose for it we have a a, a dream for it um so i i I do believe we are the dream of God manifested here on the earth, um, and, and it's interested interesting because I I do believe I agree with with many that believe that the four core questions uh, that any human being have is the the matter of origin where you where we come from, what is our purpose or what is our destiny. Uh, and morality, what is right and what is wrong. I think it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your, your social economic background, ethnicity. Uh, everybody in, in society have that, those four core questions. And, uh, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And when we remove that cornerstone, everything collapses. A corner story is supposed to bring balance and to bring a foundation. And what we see in society today, uh, and, and I agree with you, many people struggle with the area of destiny um, because when you take, when 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 you tell people that you were the the result of a chance of a big explosion and evolution, you take the element of origin and purpose away, and when you take origin and purpose, you have no destiny. You have, you're have you. just here. You're just existed, but the Bible tells us a different story. The Bible says that we were carefully made by God in his own image and likeness, and this is the crazy stuff. It's like if we think about God, the most amazing being in the universe, the creator of everything that we see. The Bible say everything was created for him, through him and that he holds all things together in a universe that is in in constant expansion. (laughs) This amazing God holds everything together. And now he created everything that we see in such excellence and perfection. I I love science. And when you analyze everything, it was such with such purpose, such uh, perfection. And then he says, I'm going to make my masterpiece. I'm going to make the best of my creation. And he created Glenn. You know, it's like it's not by chance. We were created with a purpose. We were created with a calling. We were created with a destiny. So when we talk about biblical destiny, we cannot talk about biblical destiny without talking about our identity. What is our origin? Where we come from? And we come from from a loving being that created us with a purpose and a calling and and true purpose and true destiny is finding the Bible. The Bible says that we are called. To bring heaven to earth, uh, every every uh, every person in creation was created for that. Uh, to bring heaven to earth, so that means is to bring who God is—a revelation of who God is here on the earth. Uh, in creativity, you know, sometimes those manifestations can be in in media, in arts, in entertainment, uh, in government, in, in in the marketplace, in religion. Uh, all these uh, all these areas of societal influence were created to bring a manifestation of who God is. And as we understand what is our origin and we understand our purpose, then the matter of destiny becomes very clear. And, um, but outside of the word of God and outside of understanding that we were created by a loving God and we're his masterpiece, um, it's it's very hard to understand the concept of destiny. I agree with you, but once we understand those concepts, uh, we know we are created for a purpose.
0: You brought up a very interesting point and something that I had not considered. I was thinking of it from the agnostic side, but how evolution has crept into our thinking that we just, by chance, we're just kind of trying to figure it all out and muddle through, because I'm thinking through my religious experience of, you know, okay, well, God set everything in motion, so we're just here to figure it out by ourselves, which is basically agnosticism, but God is very involved in every detail of our lives. And it's a matter to me of just realizing it and, and asking him to open my eyes to it and spending time in the word with him to actually see it. But evolution has crept into the church and has really tainted our mindset and the way that we, that we feel about and and perceive God in, in what you just said. The other thing too is about the destiny, how it's expressed in the different areas Uh, especially arts and entertainment. And that's one of the things that we deal with very heavily here on this live stream. And you've helped me work with different artists um, that we've brought into the Charleston area to help them fulfill their destiny. And that's, that's what we're doing here is I've noticed that uh, a lot of my ministry here has been more to the artists than to the actual community of Charleston. It's like, that's not kind of what I expected, but we'll talk more about how that all works out, how that works out later. So why is destiny Important to God. Why should we even be concerned about it?
1: Now, I, I do believe that God created everything with a purpose, and, and this sounds funny, but I heard one preacher saying, even your nose hair have purpose. How much more, you know, you as a human being will be created for a purpose, um, and, and because God created uh, His uh, engineer God, in a sense, he, but but He creates everything with a purpose, with a calling and i think in the process of pursuing our destiny we we encounter him we encounter who he is and when you analyze the bible I, I, the bible is a is a love letter from god to humanity from genesis to revelation it's god pursuing us and it's god try is god showing us who we were created to be and when we analyze when god created us he created us to rule to reign to have authority uh, to, to bring a revelation of who he is here on the earth and uh, and to be uh, beings with amazing power and authority. We are the only piece of creation that was created in his own image. So, but I do believe there has been a systematic attack against our identity and we can see it in society today. Our identity is under attack and that's what depression and all these things uh, are running rampage as a uh, in, in our nation and in, in the planet right now, because I do believe there's a lack of understanding of what is our identity, what is our purpose, what is our destiny. And, and the Bible says that there are things that we're called to fulfill here on the earth, and, and there will be a void inside of us if we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something, and, and, and the way the Bible says, you were created in his own likeness and image. So if we think about that, you represent, you represent a facet of God, an element of God, you know, maybe through your music, you know, maybe God put the element of creativity, his creativity in you for you to express his creativity to music, through arts, through, through government, through the way you do business. So there's, there's a piece of the identity of God that was placing you for you to manifest here on the earth. And if you don't manifest those things, he can take you to that place of despair and hopelessness. And I think that's what we're seeing in society: a lot of people trying to figure out what is my purpose, what I'm here to do. And and I realize it's not until you do what you're called to do that you feel fulfillment, that you find a life of meaning and fulfillment. So I do believe finding your destiny and what God is calling you to do uh, is in direct relationship with your fulfillment, with your calling. And you can try to do things outside of your calling. And I tried that for many years, but I thought my, my calling was more in the marketplace and did a lot of uh, work in the marketplace. And, and part of me was miserable because I was created to travel. I was created to build relationships. I was created for, for different facets of ministry that involve um, a different type of calling. And I'm not saying the marketplace is a bad thing, but it was not the place for me. And when I made that transition and I embraced my destiny, uh, that make a huge difference in the way I feel yeah. about myself and the impact that I'm making, too.
0: So what you're saying, then, is that the reason why a lot of people are probably miserable is because they're not fulfilling their destiny. And they're not fulfilling the purpose that God created them for. Yeah, you say it, that's true.
1: And we see it everywhere. We see it even in, in even within the church, even within ministry. There's, there are people operating under uh, an assumed identity where they feel that God expects them to do certain things or want them to do certain things that, that may not be truly their calling. And that's, that's why we're big uh, as a church. We believe in community. We believe in, in, in having that community, having a team around you to help you. And and it's our goal to kind of specialize in in in, in understanding people, yeah. in understanding what is it that God is calling you to do, because when when you're doing what you what you're called to do, nobody can do it like you. It's like you know, it's like when when you find that place where your dream and the dream of God connects, there's like an explosion that takes place that people don't have to motivate you, people don't have to revive you because you're you're doing what you love.
0: That's beautiful. It, it takes me back to after I was born again back in the early 90s, and I sat down with a pastor, and it was it was actually a very good conversation that we had. I was like, you know, I know I've been called to ministry. How do I know what I've been called to minister to? What am I supposed to do? Wow! And he looked at me, and he said, "What? what are you most passionate about? What burns in you? And I'll never forget sitting there. I'll never forget the couch. I'll never forget where I was sitting, and I wanted to say rock and roll, but I didn't. because i thought it'd be like saying yeah i want to do a, a a bud light ministry or something like that you know i was like and i came up with something i was like well you know maybe this and i was being all religious about it and it wasn't until much later that i realized i was like oh wait a minute that is something that god did knit in me and that's something that i have been passionate about uh in seeing jesus glorified and you know just the music industry and music has just been a major passion of mine. So I was like, Oh, I didn't need to be ashamed of that. Uh, when, when he asked me what I was passionate about, and maybe there's somebody out there tonight that's watching or listening. You've been ashamed about what you're passionate about. So long as it's, you know, something that can be used to glorify God, there is no, no shame in it. And one of the things that I've learned too is that as you're pursuing that destiny, it's a maturing process. You know, I go back and I take a look at some of the things that I was doing with this, you know, Five years ago when we started, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not so sure about that. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a growth process and it, it's it's fun to grow in it. One of the things that you've said, and I've found it very interesting, is that God is often more interested in our destiny than we are. What do you mean by that? that that's a that's a packed statement. To me. <laughs> well, it. You know, the,
1: especially in the in, so, in the society that we live today, I'm not careful with this, but a lot of times the American dream may not be God's dream for you. You know, we got this concept of having, you know, having the eight to five job, the house, the two and a half kids and the dog and, and all these things, they, they sound amazing. And I'm not, I don't want to sound anti-American because I, I love my nation and we're so blessed here. I travel through to many nations and, and, and we're very blessed with the nations that we have, but we have to be careful that sometimes we don't get caught up with expectations or or ideas, uh, a preconceived idea of what uh, we are called to do, to the to the to the point that we lost sense of what we're really called to do, and also in that process we can get caught up in doing things that may produce the resources and. And, and and may not pro- produce the the real success that you're seeking for. Um, for example, in my life, I thought financial success it was what I was looking for in the marketplace. And and I realized uh, through the help of my community, my church community, reading the word, and getting into the presence of God, I realized that I I don't necessarily financial return is not really a motivator for me. Is impact is a motivator for me. And then I have to reshape the way I thought um, to to adjust to God's calling and destiny for my life. So uh, a lot of times we we, were more caught up with our idea of the American dream or or personal dream than actually our destiny. And sometimes there's people that sacrifice uh, their destiny in the altar of financial return, in the altar of uh you know tradition you know like for example I've seen this often that, that I ask people okay why you're in banking well my dad was in banking my grandfather was in banking my my great grandfather was in banking and, and for the sake of tradition they they forget about that they have a personal destiny and a personal calling and God cares about our destiny God cares about what he plays in us and even within the church this is something I notice you can have powerful services you can have powerful experiences. But if you don't help people connect with their destiny, what they're called to do in their personal life, there's gonna that fire is going to dwindle down or they're going to stay in the church out of commitment or they become revival junkies where they go mm-hmm. from conference to conference to prophetic word to prophetic word, seeking to be revived over and over. But something powerful happens when you find out your destiny, what you're called to do, where your dream and the dream of God merge, there's a synergy that takes place that you become revival. You don't have to be right. Re- you become that revival. Uh, and I have seen that over and over people that, that realize, you know, that their true calling is the mission field or that the true calling is within music. And I love what you're doing because you're bringing light to, I remember uh, that there was a season that there was a, a segment of the church that, that that was um, abused in a sense and set aside because they like a certain type of music or a s- certain things. And, um, and, and to bring light to the sense that everything belongs to the Lord, everything is holy to the Lord. And that brings life to people that bring purpose. I have seen it with business people where if you're calling his business, God can use your business to, to bring glory to his name. That's your ministry, you know, Uh, If you're a teacher in school, that's a beautiful ministry. And when you start seeing as a ministry, when you start seeing as your destiny, something supernatural changes. When you just don't see it as a job, like you have to do, you say, this is my calling. This is what I'm called to do. There's something that changes inside of us. And there's a new power, a new life that comes to us. That's why God cares so much about our destiny. Wow.
0: Wow. It's really what it comes down to. In a lot of ways, is being comfortable with who you are, who you really are, your passions, the things that you are interested in, the things God knit all of those things that are that are in there. And you know, one of the things that we're doing here is—I didn't realize this when we when we started this—but we are taking things back because God did create all things. It's funny the reaction that I get sometimes when I'm like, "Well, you know, we we have a." Uh, a Christian live and podcast and it's Raven's heart. And it's like, oh, you know, they, they get, you know, why isn't it dove or something like that? Well, God created the Raven and actually it's a very wonderful prophetic bird and Satan stole it. So guess what? We're taking it back. It belongs to God. Um, the same thing with various forms of music. We're taking it back. Uh, we're, we're taking back those things that have been stolen. And that's what the enemy does. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. And we're taking it back. So there's an element of warfare that's in this. I'm really enjoying some of the comments that I'm seeing under some of our shorts and live streams of, does this guy really know what he's doing? Doesn't he know that, you know, (laughs) the type of music he's talking about is unbiblical? Um, You know, it, it gets really interesting. So there is that confusion there. But we... Our goal, <clears throat> excuse me, man, my allergies are killing me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we are taking it back for the Lord and, and putting it back into proper perspective and doing that. But it's really being comfortable with who you are. And there there's a boldness that comes with that and a courage. It takes, Alex, would you say it takes courage to walk in your destiny?
1: A lot of times he does. When we think about the, when we think about the Bible and I just find extremely interesting. Look at the 12 disciples. I find very interesting that none of them in the beginning knew what they were getting themselves into. Some of them were expecting Jesus to be a king or a general, to bring a, a physical revolution, to bring uh, a physical government or kingdom. And, and often we, we hear, hey, when you come in your kingdom, I want to be on your right. I want to be on your left. There was this mindset they were all expecting something different. And there comes a point that they realize this may not be what we thought it was going to be. And Jesus was very explicit. They say, hey, your destiny is going to require to, to drink a, a bitter cup with me. And, and basically he was telling you, you're going to die. You know, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be. So a, a, a lot of times if you're not facing opposition in pursuing your destiny, uh, it may be a sign that that you're not doing it right. You know, uh, opposition a lot of times is a sign. A lot of people see it as a sign that maybe something wrong. A lot of times, is opposition may be a sign that you're doing it very right. That um, uh, persecution comes to those that that are pursuing uh, their destiny. And a lot of times, another element that I see a lot, and I'm very passionate about seeing people coming into their destiny and calling. And a big part of that is inner healing, is uh, healing from the past, healing from trauma. Something I have seen a lot, almost in every person is that the enemy tried to bring trauma to the very area of your destiny or calling to block it from, from a very uh, early stage. And um, so we don't even look at those areas when it comes time to to think about our destiny. You know, I was talking to a gentleman that I do believe is called to be a teacher, but growing up, his dad was very abusive when it comes to teaching, and he uh, will punish him, and he will scream at him, and treat him very poorly uh, because his academic performance. So, because of that trauma, he never even thought about teaching, wow. uh, and 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 it happens like that in many many areas, almost it's like you can look at the areas that you have the most opposition and you can find the area of your calling. And it's a, it's a good sign to look, okay, where's the enemy opposing me? You know, is it's, it's the, the area of your calling uh, from early stages. And that's what he does. You know, when we look at history, when Moses came in, he killed all the babies. When Jesus came in, he wanted to attack it from a very early stage. So I always encourage people um, to seek a, a, a for the first place to start, of course, is the Bible when you're looking for destiny and salvation to make sure you, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. That's, a, that's That have to be the foundation. But past that, inner healing is one of the most powerful tools to discover your destiny. Because a lot of times our identity is trapped by trauma and all these things. And when we allow God to heal that, we start seeing ourselves. And a lot of times we see it from an early stage, like like creative uh, people, that they told them, uh, parents told them, "Don't waste your time with art, you know. That's a waste of money. Get a career that pays." And 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 get this, all this stuff from the beginning. I know even singers that they they were there were trauma from their childhood about the way they sing or their voice and things. So like and they're amazing gifted people, mm-hmm. and uh, as singers, it's because the enemy tried to attack that very area to to kind of. Um, make you don't even look at those areas. But when healing comes in, he opens up a lot of your identity and he allows you to, to find that destiny. So the reality is it's hard to pursue your destiny. Um, but a lot of times the way I see it is harder, uh, like for the people of Israel, it was harder to walk 40 years around the mountain, than actually possessing. I will take possessing the, the mountain, even if it's hard. So, um, But something, even in that story, you got Joshua and Caleb. There were two people from that generation that were able to enter into their destiny. If you think about a whole generation, a whole generation, Glenn, lost their opportunity to get into their destiny. We're talking about whole generation. Only two people were able to to make it in. So I think we should look into them to see, okay, what made these guys so special that they were able to, when a whole generation failed to enter their destiny, they, they went into their destiny. The Bible says they were motivated by a different spirit. They saw the challenge, but they saw right through the challenge. They say, my God is bigger than any giant in that land we can overcome. But what kept a whole generation from possessing their destiny it was their identity. It was not God. God told them, I want that promise for you. It was not the enemy. It was not the giants because they don't even confront them at the time. It was their perception of themselves. The Bible says that they, the 10 spies told the people they were giants and we were like grasshoppers before them. They, they saw themselves like insects. 400 years of slavery changed the nations of kings and queens of priests. Uh, a selected chosen nation because of their trauma, because of their pain of slavery for 400 years, their identity was so changed that their lack of understanding of their identity kept them from entering their destiny. Only these two guys entering. So, yes, opposition uh, is a sign of pursuing your destiny. But if we are, uh, if we understand our identity in Christ, it's, it's definitely worth it. And there is nothing that can keep you from fulfilling that destiny.
0: Let's take a left turn at Albuquerque here. You yes. you've brought up <laughs> for those that remember the Bucks Bunny reference from the Looney Tunes days. <laughs> I just dated myself, didn't I? Uh. <laughs> the inner healing that you're talking about, how does inner healing, where, where does that begin? And if somebody they're listening or watching right now, they're like, hey, this is me. You know, this is me. This is resonating with me. Where does that all begin? Where does the inner healing begin?
1: You know, there's there's parts that, of course, there's things that you and God can do together. I'm I'm, I'm a fan of having teams around you and community around you uh, because there are things that God will heal directly with you, but there are things that you're going to need family and community to heal. So we need to understand those two elements. Um, once we have a relationship with Christ, um, we need to look My first recommendation is find a good church, a good ministry that specializes in inner healing and deliverance. They go by many names, many different, uh, many different type of uh, inner healing ministries. At our church, we do what we call social ministry. Uh, the word so-so means to, to, to be healed, to be set free, to be um, to be empowered, to be safe. And it's a Greek word that is used when it's described salvation. Because a lot of times in salvation, we think salvation is just going to heaven if we die or something happened in this mm-hmm. earth. Uh, but salvation is far more than that. The way, the way that uh, salvation is described in the New Testament, the word so-so, the Greek word so-so is used to be set free. Uh, to be fulfilled to be safe to be um, to be healed so god wants us to live lives of victory here on the earth so we do a, a ministry called soso and there's many churches that do soso ministry or whatever you call it inner healing ministry deliverance ministry find some some good people uh, that specialize on that that would be my first uh recommendation to find a group like that that you can get inner healing uh, from find a good healthy church that they can they can help you navigate through any trauma, any issues in your life. A lot of times it's hard to do things like that on your own. There's a lot of good books out there and, and, and things like that. For me, uh, it started like that. In, in my case, um, it started with Inner Healing Ministry. Uh, clinical counseling in some cases, we, we have a clinical counseling center as well. Uh, and there's a stigma sometimes with counseling, but I'm a fan of it. You know, if you find a good Christian counseling place, uh, people that you can bounce things off, that can help you work through stuff, that's a very powerful tool. Pastoral counseling is very powerful as well. Uh, if if you have a, a good church, healthy church where you can get some some pastoral counseling, uh, that's good. And there's a lot of material out there and things that you can do on your own, but I think it's accelerated when you got a, a team that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm uh, to help you. But some, some exercises that I tell people they can do on their own is like, uh, I call it to run a scan. You know, you can scan yourself. Um, uh, King David used to tell God, you know, Hey, search me God, if there's anything in me and you can run scans like that. And the way that you do that, you, you can ask yourself, is there any area right now that I have hopelessness, that I have anger, numbness, pain, um, because behind those areas, there's usually an area of wound. There's there's a lie operating, and in identifying that and asking Holy Spirit to help you and guide you through that. Why I feel that way, why I feel when I think about money, why I feel hopeless, when I think about my relationships, why I feel anger. Um, that helps you identify that there. And and one that a lot of people don't 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 realize numbness. You know, like I talk to people. I talked to a gentleman one time and he told me, oh, yeah, my uh, my father just passed away yesterday. I said, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And are you OK? And it's like, I don't feel anything. You know, Numbness can be, you know, if, if all of a sudden your left arm is numb, <laughs> you, <laughs> know, you don't feel your whole left side of the body, that may be a sign that something's going on. So I tell people even numbness, if you're supposed to feel in an area but you can't feel no more, that can be a sign of there is a wound. Now, something to understand about inner healing that is huge is a lot of times it's not the actual trauma that you went through. It's the lie that you believe as a result. Okay. The Bible say the truth can set you free. So a lie can actually ban you. So what I have encountered through years of ministry is a lot of times, uh, for example, there was this young man that was struggling greatly in relationships. In his relationship, with God. beautiful man, loved the Lord. Very faithful in the church, but he was struggling with his relationships, and um, uh, he was abandoned when he was a kid. But by by the mom, but now he got a beautiful relationship with mom. Everything was good, but still have the struggle. And in a process of inner healing, I, I asked him, you know, when when was the first time that that everything started for you? When when that rejection, when that pain came in? Let's ask just Holy Spirit to take you to that place. So he was taken to this memory. He was looking through a window, and he was telling his his brother, "Mom will come today." And I asked him, "What what that picture? What 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 is that memory? Describe it to me." He said, "That day, my mom told me that he she was going to the store, and she was on drugs and, and having struggles, and um and she never came back. And I was at that in that memory, I was looking through the window and telling my little brother, uh, "Mom is coming back today." Don't worry, she's coming back. And it took maybe 30 days after DSS came, picked them up, put them in the system and separate them. And his journey started in a lot of pain and rejection. Uh, but as awful as that sound, it was not that experience that really marked him in a sense. It's the lie that he believed as, a, uh, as the result. So I asked him, uh, I want you to think about that memory and tell me what is the lie that you believed that day. And he, this man started crying and he told me, I believe I was not worth coming back to. So now understand this, the relationship with mom is restored, the relationship with the family is restored. He forgave, he released. But if he still believed the lie that he's not worth it, he's not worth loving, he's not worth coming back to. You can preach to that gentleman all day long about the love of God. He will never enter his heart. So it's not until you take those lies and remove them. That you can truly be free. So that's so, some of the things of inner healing. That's what I would recommend in those areas.
0: That is very powerful. I'm just sitting here thinking through my own life while you're while you're talking. <laughs> after this live stream, I'll be still online with Alex for several hours after we're after we're done this evening. <laughs> but these are all important things, and I have stepped through the the Sozo with Alex, um, and it's it, it is it is legitimate. It is it's not all touchy feely stuff. It is the real deal. And it brings a lot of resolution to things that are kind of lingering and kind of, it's like lifting up the hood of the car to see why the cylinders aren't all working right. When you go through that and actually, actually repairing that. And the first thing is to realize that, you know, we live in a fallen world and we've gotten beat up in this world. And you were talking about how we were made in the image of God, and that's caused a lot of cosmic jealousy among other entities that are not for us, but against us. And they're constantly attacking our identity. Uh, It's only by the grace of God that we don't go mad in this world with everything that is against us, if you really think about it. So it is so important for that inner healing, because Jesus did say that he came, that we would have life, And not just have life, but have it more abundantly. I love what you say about salvation, that it's more than just being snatched from the flames of hell, which is a very, very big deal. We're not minimizing that. But God wants us to fully represent him in this earth. That's why he created us. He's working on reclaiming us and restoring us back to our original purpose. Yeah. we talked just a few minutes ago. This all started with talking about the courage of walking in destiny. And I love the way that this is going this evening. How does the, how does the concept of obedience factor into fulfilling, seeing your destiny fulfilled? And really, before we get into that, what is true obedience to the Lord? Because I know that's been so messed up over the years in, in religion.
1: You know, um, and, and that's the, the Bible says. The beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. You know, when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not not necessary to be afraid. is the word actually is meant to describe the respect, that knowledge, of who God is. And the Bible says, it, if you love me, obey my word, that God is looking for obedience, not sacrifices. So obedience is a, is a big deal to God um, um, is is. But in the sense of through obedience is we have to have and we go back to the questions. Everybody asks themselves, OK, what is my origin, where I came from? Uh, what is my purpose, what I'm called to do? What is morality? And that's something that is debated right now. If we believe in morality in right and wrong, what is the compass that define what is right and what is wrong? So uh, and when we understand and when we take the Bible out of that, and we started in in, and this is the interesting thing in society, in a society that have the access to the most information that any other generation wow. right now, just on your phone, you have access to to all, so much information that no other generation have access before. Uh, the challenge for this generation is going to is gonna be defined what is right and what is wrong. The challenge is going to be defined, OK, what is true? It is funny because you turn on, on on some of these uh social media and stuff. Everybody's an expert about losing weight or
0: oh yeah
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make you a millionaire in a you know in a month, you know, just buy my masterclass. You know, it seems like everybody's an expert on something. So they have to be a way for us to define what is true, what is false. You know, what is the moral compass for us to define that? If we're we're the result of a big explosion in the cosmos, just chance plus time plus, you know, evolution and all these things is it takes that element out. The foundation is gone. Then now we are our own gods and we have to define what is right and what is wrong. Mm. And how we do that, if we don't have the moral compass of the Bible, then we have to decide based on what Or, or what we think. On what we feel and that's what we're seeing right now a society that is like if you get enough likes on your post it must be true if you uh, how we define that you're true or false is based on a popularity con- context not on based on on real facts and in this society today, that is the the biggest attack that that we see is to realize, okay, what is true, what is false when we take the moral compass of the Bible. And that's why we have people say, well, I feel like this, or I feel like that, therefore I must be. And if if we feel in a society that we're just, our moral compass is, is our feelings, that's a dangerous thing. Because I can tell you, sometimes I feel like like doing things that are not necessary, right? You know, when mm-hmm. somebody cut you off, you know, in front of right. you, nothing, you <laughs> and you don't want to do everything you feel like doing, right? It, it will be an awful society. So the moral compass always have to be the Bible. We have to have the Bible, the Word of God, and the moral compass. So when we, we cannot have to talk about obedience without talking about the Word of God. It will be impossible because basically obedience is a... Uh, is, uh, us coming into alignment with what God says, uh, because what God says carry more value than our opinion about what we feel and what we think. This is the crazy thing, Glenn. Analyze this. When God spoke in the Bible, in creation, there was chaos. There was, uh, the Bible says, before creation, that the, the water was in chaos. The universe was in chaos. It was total disarray. And the Bible says that God spoke and his word brought order and purpose. Everything that you see, the beauty that you see in nature right now, everything that you see in creation was created by the word of God. He spoke it into existence. So if we understand that to be true in a society that right now that feels in chaos, and this is what I will tell people, this is the power of the word of God. If you feel right now your life may be in chaos that you like purpose, that you like beauty in your life, when you add the word of God to it, the same thing that happened in creation will take place. That word will bring order, will bring purpose out of the chaos in your life. And think about this. When Jesus spoke, this, this stuff messed with my mind. It's like you have a crippled man in the Bible. This guy wasn't able to walk like all his life, right? He's crippled. Jesus come to him and say, hey, dude, Pick up your bed and walk. It's like, it, it sounds almost like, it, it sounds rude, you know? It's like, hey, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if you understand the whole concept of being crippled, but the whole concept is that, <laughs> let me break it down for you. That, that means I can't I can walk, you know? But the power of God came charge with the power to help him do what God was commanding him to do. So when we walk in obedience, in alignment with the word of God, it releases power to enable us to do what he's asking us to do. To prove that, think about Peter. If we believe the Bible to be true, look at Peter. Peter sees Jesus walking in the water, say, if that's you, master, let me walk with you in the water. And Jesus said, come on. That command, the command of Jesus say, come, He affected the nature, the atoms of the water, a system that could not physically sustain him before. Now we could sustain Peter by the power of the word of Jesus, the command of Jesus. So something that we need to understand as a society, when we uh, attach ourselves and align ourselves with the word of God, the word of God comes with the power to enable us to do our destiny to enable us to do the impossible, systems that could not sustain us before can, things that we weren't able to do, now we can do because of the creative power of
0: his Word. Wow. And that is so true because you're part of the reason why I'm not in Charleston anymore. It's not that I got kicked out. <laughs> Here goes Glenn out of another church, boom, over to another one but it was, you know, the obedience in those steps and moving into an ecosystem that really didn't look like it'd be able to sustain us at all. Because yeah. when we started the process of this move, we moved to Columbia without a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't yeah. know where we were going. We didn't know where the money was going to come from. We didn't know any of that. But what it boiled down to was the, the obedience factor to things that seemed really, really hard. And Uh, with the artist that I was speaking with on Saturday night, we had to do a makeup live stream on Saturday. We were talking about uh, obedience and the point came up that obedience is miserable to the flesh. The flesh does not like obedience. It's hard. It's, it's a painful thing sometimes, but it's so sweet and rewarding to the spirit. Wow. Wow. Just, think of that for a moment. And hey, we, we do have one of our viewers weighing in tonight, Jared Rowe He's been watching us on Facebook Live. He says, great word, guys. Thank you. I will listen to this to catch the beginning, too, once it's posted. Jared, thank you for joining us tonight. And hey, please share this edition with your friends. Share it, share it, share it, because this is, this is not stuff that you're going to find just at uh, any old place in church. It took me years to find a place where a word like this and such careful attention to the word was being uh, given. And it's so important. My life has changed drastically since um, submitting to the mentorship of of the leadership at North Palm and and Alex's uh, leadership. I would not be where I am today and enjoying the blessings of the Lord. And this live stream would not be where it is today if it were not for that as well. Something else I want to talk about is another you just come up with these power pack statements where it's like, it seems so simple, but then you sit and you think about it. You're like, "Whoa, this is, this is deep and deep and profound. We were talking when I was uh, going through my druthers and woes of after stepping out in obedience of freaking out one afternoon. And you, you were sharing with me that, you know, so long as our heart is right before the Lord and we're pursuing that destiny to glorify the Lord, even if we mess it up, He's already got a way to compensate for that. There's, you know, we're not going to mess it up. I mean, we, we can, but God's already got it built in to everything to take care of what we've messed up. And that was so relieving to me because I'm one of those guys. I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, I obeyed. Now I'm going to do it all right and get it, get it 100% down. And every decision I make is going to be correct only to find out that I just don't have the ability to do that. Can you explain that a little bit more of how God factors that in and how he takes care of the the mistakes that we make? Now, there's a difference between ma- a mistake and sin. Okay, <laughs> we need to clarify that first. But how he compensates for those mistakes.
1: You know, um, it, it is interesting because— uh, one, one time, and I struggle with that. I think a lot of people struggle with that. So I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, we struggle. Hey, did I hear God correctly? You know, did I did did I did the right thing? But this is interesting, Glenn. And the people of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, the Bible says God delivered them from slavery, brought them out of Egypt. And he say, follow me. And the Bible says that the people of Israel follow him as a cloud. By day as a pillar of fire, by night. It was God himself directing them. It was no man. God himself was directing them to this promised land, to this destiny, right? Because we're talking about destiny. He was taking them to this destiny. And in the process of doing that, they end up in front of the Red Sea. <laughs> it's like, and not only that, they got a whole enemy army. The Egyptian army is coming to hunt them. And uh, if, uh, if it was me, I would be like, "Hey, okay, uh, <laughs> did I follow the right cloud? Do I miss a turn somewhere?" Uh, God kind of uh, tricked us, you know. He, he, put us, he put us in this place that looked impossible. And you know, a lot of times, Glenn, as you pursue the, the destiny that God has for you. You will find yourself in places of impossibility. You may find yourself, you know, sometimes your destiny, Jesus' destiny, took him to a cross. The three Hebrew young men in the Bible, the Bible says their destiny took them to, to an oven, <laughs> yeah. filled with fire, to a, to a furnace. Uh, so a lot of times your, your destiny may have what it seems like delays or what may seem like obstacles. <clears throat> that is totally normal. and sometimes those obstacles are self-inflicted. sometimes we make mistakes on the process. But something that God told me one time that it really changed my perception. He told me, Alex, you're not big enough to mess up my plan with you. <laughs> and, uh, and and I have to step back and say, wow, that's a big statement, you know That is a, a huge statement because if I think me as a human being, can change the plan of this amazing God that created everything that we see, that holds the universe in his hands, then he may not be God at all. It's interesting. Look at this. I, I always look at people that were very close to God. Abraham was amazingly close to God. To the point, he studied the Bible. <laughs> he said that God will come and have lunch with him. You know, one time he came down and and he's like, look at God and say, Hey, I'm a you know, my wife is about to cook, you know, when I come in and say, what kind of relationship? To the point that God says, I will not do anything without revealing it to my friend first. Wow, what an amazing relationship. We can agree that we're close. That we're so close that one time he had the bright idea, Abraham had the bright idea to make a blood covenant with God. And he prepares everything. Now understanding the blood covenant means that if I break the covenant, I will pay with my own blood. Uh, so it was a serious covenant, and God has got a, a of covenant. So he took covenant very He still takes covenant very seriously. And the Bible says that uh, he fixed everything and uh, he made this circle. And the way it works, if God consumes the sacrifice, uh, uh, as Abraham and him, and inside the circle, they make a covenant with each other, a covenant of blood. But it's interesting as God is coming to consume that sacrifice for that covenant, he pushed Abraham outside of the circle. And he he makes something, he, he made a statement, a very profound statement. God makes a covenant with himself. At that moment, God made a blood covenant with himself. That means, the connotation of that, we need to understand this, that means if Abraham break his covenants, God will pay with his own blood. So we need to understand, and the Bible says, I made a covenant with myself for the sake of my name. So it's like God is promising on his own name wow. that if you fall, if you are unfaithful, he remains faithful. That if you break your covenant, and, and we see it in the person of Jesus Christ, where he became that sacrifice, that blood sacrifice for our sin. He says, I pay with my blood. So a lot of times we need to understand that concept. Now, I agree with you. We need to make that very distinct. If there's a big difference between iniquity and sin and making a mistake. Um, there's, you know, if you are inactive sin, uh, you need to get that result. No judgment, but you need to get that result. You need to get help. You need to break out of that. Uh, but I'm talking about um, making mistakes on the way. And it's funny that God, can use, even sometimes our mistakes. The Bible say he ordered our steps. Yes. Like everything works for the good to those who believe in him and are according to mm-hmm. his will. So we need to have, yes, we need to pursue him and do our best, but we need to know we're not big enough to mess up his plan. I want to close with this part. Check how interesting is this. God places, if you look at the story of creation, he placed the stars in the heaven before he created men, Right in the stars that he placed on the heaven that was the star that was going to guide the wise man to to Jesus birthplace right so even before he created mankind he already placed that star there he already made uh, uh, he already made a way he knew uh, we were going to fail and he already made a way for us even when 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 adam and eve made the, the mistake and the disobedience and the, on the garden of eve The Bible says that they hide themselves and and God called them out and they say, we were afraid we hid because we were naked. And then God makes that first sacrifice and covered them with the skins of an animal. That was a symbolism of Jesus Christ. So and and I can go on and on how God always makes uh, he always have a plan. Even when we mess up, even when there were maybe some shortcomings, look at look at Peter. Peter denied him three times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that is that is a kind of I find that a little bit funny that he told him, "I'm I'm gonna die for you, Jesus. Watch me. You know they're gonna have to rip my dead cold hands out of you because I'm not gonna leave you." And uh, Jesus is like, dude, like just wait until you hear the 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 sound of the. Uh, uh, how uh, you call it? Uh, the cock crow thrice, thrice yeah, the, yeah. So he's like, just wait, and and you're gonna deny me three times, and um, and and he did. But then Jesus came back. It's interesting. Peter denied him three times. Jesus came back, and three times when they have that first encounter after Jesus died, he told them, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Because we need to understand. God is not necessarily caught up with our actions or our mistakes. He looks at the condition of our heart mm-hmm. and um, and and he can redeem everything. So if I can live with something in that regards, it's, it doesn't matter what you have gone through or what, what are your shortcomings or that maybe you feel in your destiny that there's some things like you. Hey, I make some serious mistakes in, in the pursuit of my destiny. You know, God will make a way. You are not big enough to mess up his plan in you. You turn to him, you seek him, and he will make everything work for your good. Even areas of trauma and pain, he can use them in your advantage. They can become weapons for you. Wow. Wow.
0: You know, and what Alex is saying, I know that uh, our, our religious critics that are probably going to be watching or tuned in right now, Alex heard a word from the Lord. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, what, what he heard is actually in the Bible, uh, it's in the book of Psalms. And it's interesting, as we were preparing for this, the Lord. I was looking at certain verses about destiny to kind of get more of a grasp on this. And in Psalm 19 at verse 21, it says this. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. No matter what we think or, you know, even in this time that we're living in of really gross darkness in the earth where men are devising all these plans that are basically, you know, for all intents and purposes flipping the bird to the Lord. I mean, that's what mankind is doing in their rebellion, if you, if you really think about it and just peel it off and look at it for what it is. Even with all of that going on where they're saying, I am going to be the most high, I am going to ascend to the throne, God's like, ha, 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 it's my counsel that's going to stand. And that's why he sits in the heavens and laughs at them. But the positive side of that is that when we are following the Lord and it looks, it doesn't look like the life of... Um, Charles Spurgeon, or some great uh, great man of faith that looks more like Jar Jar Binks and in uh, Star Wars on the battlefield, uh, flopping all around. His counsel will stand. And it's our heart that is towards him. It's where our heart is and our mind is in pursuing the Lord. He will prevail. Alex, we've packed a lot in tonight for people to think about. I'm going to bring you back on in the future, and we'll talk about seasons. I wanted to talk about that a little bit, but boy, the Lord really did uh, direct tonight's tonight's conversation. And for those of you that have been watching that have not yet subscribed, go ahead and do so. Go ahead and ring that bell. We will be back next Thursday night with another, wow, we've just got some power-packed guests. Our friend Alina From the band IND from Poland is going to be on with us next Thursday night. They have a brand new release in the midst of the chaos and the turmoil over in Europe right now. So it's going to be very interesting to find out what is God up to with his people in Poland? So like ABC's wide world of sports will be spanning the globe <laughs> in, in doing that. But until next week, everybody, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. I'm just sitting here. I got a lot to think about. A couple of things I want to talk to you about afterwards. We'll do it. We'll do an after party for a few minutes. So if you can just hang on <laughs> while we close out. Um, hey, Alex, if anybody's got any questions for you, how can they reach out to you?
1: You know um, they they can reach out to our church you know um, they can go north palm.org and we got all our contact information that they can do that uh, they can email me check social media uh, we'll be happy to to answer any questions anybody may have
0: absolutely and if you can't if people have trouble finding that they can email me and i'll send it over to you alex it's lithoscry l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y at com. and until next thursday night everybody Peace out and rock on lithoscry.com